Ciao. You're listening to Ed Up Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pepicello, former president of University of Phoenix and higher ed vagabond. Now, this episode is the third in a series in which I discuss how we might look at a restructuring of higher education in the future and uh, try to see if any of this makes sense. So in the first episode, we discussed the uh, changing nature of higher education generally using a Lego analogy where I uh, compare higher education to a pile of Legos that we can reassemble in various configurations and then take apart and put together again. Now we know what some of those pieces look like and where we can locate resources that can help in making a new model without hopefully unnecessarily duplicating the past. Then in the second episode in the series, we took a look at learners and what's important to know about them in building our system. Now this is key because it's the learner who drives the whole enterprise. John Sperling, founder of University of Phoenix, once said that if you do the right thing for the learner, everything else will fall into place. Now like him or not, or University of Phoenix, he, he built his system that way. And well, you know, he had some success. So now beginning in the here in the third episode, fasten your seatbelts, podcastees, because we're going to start a bumpier ride. What I want to look at in this episode is some of the Legos uh, in the system that may need, need to be replaced or maybe just chucked away. In a recent uh, episode of the EdUp Experience podcast with Maria Flynn, who's the president and CEO of Jobs for the Future, Dr. Joe Salustio and I discussed the term education stagnation. And this term refers to the glacial rate of change in higher education resulting from its monolithic structure. Now, this insightful characterization can be applied to everything from university curricula to the connection between higher ed and the workplace. Now for my purposes, and it is my podcast after all, I wanna use it to describe legacy barriers to student success. And by success, I mean everything from getting into credential programs to uh, persistence to turning credentials into careers. So now if the student is at the center of our system, the question becomes, how to reduce friction points that are barriers to students actually participating in the system. Now, let's start with the uh, enrollment and admissions process. Now, even at good institutions, this process is cumbersome, confusing, and frustrating. A good exercise for any institution to conduct is to count the number of steps that a prospective student has to complete prior to beginning their first class. In this case, it's not the more the merrier. Internal research that I actually conducted at places that I've worked showed that many students, especially those with no prior exposure or understanding of higher education, will often just give up rather than try to fill out uh, complicated forms and submit to confusing processes. Now, some of this is obviously government uh, bureaucracy, but some is just institutional silliness from FAFSA forms to Title IV regulations, and from remedial studies to progression requirements to leave of absence requirements, students may actually find it easier to simply disengage than to try to cope with a system that they find overwhelming. Now, let me give you a, an analogy here. 
Imagine that you needed to get across the country by airplane, but that you'd never been in an airport before. And so you walk into, you know, O'Hare um, or Dulles or uh, the Atlanta airport and are simply looking around at things that you're completely unfamiliar with. And you have no idea what the proper procedure is, uh, where to find information, how to get through security, um, and, and what the basic um, tenets of managing uh, your life in an airport are. You'd be lucky if you didn't get arrested before you managed to get through security and onto a plane. And probably many people would simply take a look around that airport, turn around and leave and go look for the bus station. Now, obviously government is, is one issue here in their regulations, but as far as higher ed's part is concerned, we can figure it out. We just choose not to. Now we say that things like admissions and enrollment and all the processes, well, we do those for the good of the students, right? Not. It's all about control of which the student has none. If I were a prospective student, why would I want to slog through a cornfield maze that's full of dead ends? Higher education has to determine how to give learners self-direction. Terms like enrollment, admission, matriculation, and related academic jargon hide a complex maze that prospective students have to navigate just in order to gain entrance to the next maze of curriculum requirements that might actually eventually sometime lead to obtaining a credential and maybe even a job. One of my professional mantras, as some of you know, is do not embrace complexity. Now, if we go back to the system set up by Credential Engine, which I uh, discussed uh, in uh, one of the earlier podcasts in this series, I think it's possible to do away or at least greatly simplify the process by which students access the education ecosystem. Now, notice that I'm trying not to mire myself in outdated terminology, uh, terminology like admissions or enrollment because there's simply too much baggage in using that terminology. So, okay, here we go. Using a credential engine structure where the content resides in a central repository, students can simply compare credentials by content, level, region, and so forth, and choose one that they think might best fit their needs. They might even be able to match their needs with those of employers using information from the same database. Now, imagine if you're a student being able to see the future of where you're going at the beginning of your journey. Very interesting. The point here is that upfront assessment, placement, and other screening processes associated with current enrollment and admission processes can be shortcutted or eliminated by making a more direct connection between learners, education, and the workforce. Students would know how to pursue their course of study to produce the most beneficial uh, results. And employers could use the database to evaluate the best places to find new employees and advertise there. Now, the sea change here is, drum roll, 
students would subscribe to or register for or contract with a credential, not an institution. That is, they would not enroll in an institution. And I'm not talking about a university without walls. I'm talking about higher education without walls. Now, obviously this would entail a major compression of programs and cooperation among content providers. And it would also completely restructure higher education. So uh, Gordon Gee, how's that for blowing up the box and thinking outside it? So riddle me this. Why do we need hundreds of programs that provide the same credential? What would higher education look like if it were composed of credentials and not of institutions? And what would be the ramifications of such an alternate universe? Well, in the next exciting episode, I'll lay out how we might rearrange all of these Legos into a completely revised system. So stay tuned, podcastees. Ciao.